Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with a brand new episode here on The Truth. Back with my boy, AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing on this fine evening? I'm doing great. I mean, we're not going to talk about fantasy basketball today, but still a little, <laughs> still a bit uh, about her about that one. But you know what? It's all right. I'm doing great today. How are you, Niall? Doing great as well. As you mentioned, we did do kind of a last-minute fantasy basketball uh, campaign. If you guys – well, obviously, you guys wouldn't know, but AJ and I were in the league. I don't I don't honestly know how your team went, but, you know, I think your auto-draft was fine. Um, you know, we'll end up seeing how it ends up working out. But speaking of the NBA season, we are recording this on Tuesday compared to Wednesday, and the NBA season is just about to begin. The Nuggets are currently getting their rings right now, which will be the Timberwolves in the exact position next season. So make sure you guys go check out that on-the-court episode. But in all seriousness, you know, the Nuggets are getting their rings. Everyone's getting ready to go. Jokic is getting ready to go hate his job for another season. But it's all part of it, right? And that's the NBA. We're talking about the NFL here. For those that do not know, it is week eight already, or will be week eight already in the NFL. It's absolutely insane to think about. We're seven weeks through the season. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing our Thursday night special for week eight here as the Bucks and the Bills take battle in this week eight Thursday night matchup. Before we can go ahead and take a look at that week eight, eight Thursday night matchup, excuse me. Let's go ahead and take a look at last week's Thursday night special. Another dandy here on Thursday night. I've seen a lot of dandies in the NFL on Thursday night specials. In week seven, the Jaguars beat your New Orleans Saints. Wow. Whew. Tough one there. Um, 31 to 24 on the road. The Jaguars improved to five and two. The Saints fall to three and four. For the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence goes 20 for 29, 204 yards. One touchdown. He also was their leading rusher. Pretty embarrassing for Saints fans. Eight rushes, 59 yards. I was wrong on Travis Etienne. He did go 14 rushes for 53 yards and two touchdowns on the receiving side. Christian Kirk, six catches, 90 yards and a score. Evan Ingram, five catches, 45 yards. Jamal Agnew, four catches, 36 yards. On the defensive side, fourth side, Aluakon lit up the statute, going nine tackles, five assists, and one interception on the day. Lloyd Herdon Blackson picked up five tackles as well. For the Saints, Derek Carr goes 33 for 55, 301 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Alvin Kamara, 17 rushes, 62 yards. He also is their leading receiver, 12 catches, 91 yards in the day. Chris Olave, a lot of interesting things going on with Olave as of today. Seven receptions, 57 yards. Taysom Hill, four catches, 50 yards. Michael Thomas got back in the end zone, three catches, 42 yards in the score. On the defensive side of things, Adepo, Granderson, and Taylor all picked up five tackles. Pete Warner picked up four. Yes, yeah, so the Jaguars beat the Saints here. Saints fall to three and four, currently in a little two-game skid. The Jaguars have won their last four games. Any takeaways from this matchup here? I mean, the Jags played really solid football throughout the game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, that knee did not look like it was bothering him whatsoever. Uh, he was a question mark coming into the game, uh, but he was solid there. ETN, I think I was wrong with him also. Uh, he scored those two touchdowns there. And just as a whole, I mean, there's a lot I can go in about the Saints, but the coaching and Dennis Allen and all that, and just kind of how the team's going. But it hasn't been good. There's been a lot of communication issues, it seems like, as well. I mean, the Jags look great. Uh, Thursday night. I mean, they became a game later on in the game. Foster Moreau did drop a wide open, uh, <laughs> right, wide open pass in the end zone that would have tied the game, uh, or potentially tied the game depending on the extra point. But yeah, it, I didn't really have much faith in the game after the first half. I kind of just made the assumption that we were going to lose, and it came a little bit closer towards the end. But I still knew that there was no way that the Saints were going to win at that point. 
Yeah, what an interesting game. I thought the Saints were going to definitely take this one here. I mean, the Saints offense was able to get in the end zone a couple of times. Not my Alvin Kamara's three touchdowns, I believe, that I predicted. I believe he had zero, but had 12 receptions in, like, what, 91 yards, I say, out of the backfield. He obviously gets targeted a lot. I mean, I think this offense is starting to mesh, but I really do believe the more Kamara gets in the end zone, the better this team is. I think the Jaguars definitely surprised a lot of people, including myself. I wasn't expecting their offense to be as dominant as it was. So kind of a interesting battle between the two teams and both teams obviously looking forward you know to making a run at the, at the postseason the Jaguars in the AFC South and even the Saints in the NFC South with how wide open that seems to be going into the season anyways guys today we're going to take a look at the Thursday night matchup between the Bucks and the Bills AJ go give me your two keys to success for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here on the road so my two key success for the Bucks first one is pressure Josh Allen right now Josh Allen uh, when he's getting pressured, he has been the most poised with the ball. He's been turning it over at a lot higher rate than we've seen these last two seasons. Uh, I believe he had an interception or two just last week, and he's been kind of on that path where he's almost an interception every single game at this point. And then my second one is be able to contain Diggs. I mean, Diggs has really been the only offensive threat for this team up to this point. And like Gabe Davis, yeah, I think he had a touchdown the other last week or something like that but he really has been that good i couldn't even really name you who the third option third by receiver option is there at this point i mean sure it could still be cole beasley for all i know uh but they're also losing uh they're also losing Knox. i believe he's gonna have to have surgery uh so donkey kate's gonna have to step up uh so be able to contain digs and then really only have to worry about kincaid who really hasn't done much up to this point and Gabe Davis, who, again, also really hasn't done that much up to this point, are going to be big if you're able to take out digs, or at least just limit, limit digs, because we know how deadly he can be, especially you know that. <laughs> yeah, so if my first key to success for the Bucks is Baker has to step up. Look, I think Baker Mayfield has been playing better than people give him credit for. Obviously, week one was a statement win when he had Minnesota there. Um, but Baker's been playing solid. Last week, you know, had some inconsistencies there, which – Obviously, wasn't tremendous. I mean, looking at his stats from last week against Atlanta, had a 64 completion percentage, 275 yards, a touchdown, and a big interception. Also carried the ball three times for 32 yards and took, I believe, like a 31-yard rush. So, you know, Baker Mayfield, I mean, that's average, right? It's not great. He's got his highest 317 yards as low as 146 the next week. He's just a very up-and-down player. I mean, that's how he's been for fantasy. That's how he's been in general. Going into this week, though, against Buffalo, look, you're going against Josh Allen, okay, first and foremost. So you got to play better, and you got to utilize Mike Evans, Chris Godwin a little bit more as well. Just get the passing game going. I understand a lot of times the passing game set up by a good, efficient running game, but at the same time, too, I feel like Baker's got to step up to the plate. It's, you know, it's time to grow some nuts and have success here. Because if he's able to do that, then I think this team's in a far better position. So really curious to see how it's going to work with Baker this week, especially going to a difficult environment in Buffalo. But he was the former number one overall picks and played some big games in college and also played um, some big games there so far this season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then my second key to success for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to be Evans going for 200 passing yards, or receiving yards, I should say. Mike Evans, I think it was last year, week 18 or week 17, when he ran or uh, received for like 200 yards. You need to get a little bit more of that. He's a 17th-ranked position fantasy wide receiver. He's only gotten over 100 yards once, and that was in week two against Chicago, where he had six receptions, 171 yards, and one touchdown. I understand he doesn't have the goat, the goat throwing to him or a quarterback like that, but throughout his career there in Tampa Bay, he's been over to get 1,000 receiving yards every year. So for me, I think it's just a little bit of the connection there with Baker and, and Mike Evans and getting that, you know, in the swing of things and, and getting Mike Evans going. Because I think 
if one of the two kind of work, like let's say you get Mike Evans going, that obviously opens up Baker Mayfield. If Mike Evans is receiving for 200 yards this game, Baker Mayfield is going to be pushing 300 and 400 yards. So I think that's a big thing. It probably was my biggest key to success just because he's been a little bit quiet this season, hasn't gotten more than six receptions in a game. Alvin Kamara, Saints running back, had double the receptions last week. So I don't know. I would like to see Evans get around 10 receptions, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. Is that logistic or logical? Probably not. But you never really know. Um, I think Mike Evans would definitely have the potential to do that, and it would just help the Buccaneers' offense as a whole, especially with some inconsistencies at the running game. Okay, your two keys to success for the Bills. So my first one kind of plays on along the lines of the one for the big for the Bucks from pressuring Josh Allen. Is that Josh Allen needs to stop playing the hero ball? Uh, one of my teammates this year, he is a Bills fan, and I was asking him about like why he's turning the ball over so much. And he said that uh, Allen's been trying to play hero ball. He's been going out trying to win games. Uh, and do too much when he really doesn't need to. So I'm not going to take his word for it because he's watched every single Bills game up to this point uh, and say that Allen doesn't need to go out and play hero ball here. Uh, I mean, he's got a good team around him. Uh, he's obviously super talented. I mean, go out and just per- go drive down the field. You don't need to go out and try to fit every single ball through a small window. You can go out and uh, trust some other guys potentially as well. Uh, instead of just trying to go straight to digs. And then another one is prevent the long drives down the field by uh, Baker Mayfield in this offense. Baker Mayfield in this offense hasn't been, I mean, they haven't been great, but they also haven't been bad uh, up to this point. I mean, Baker Mayfield, I agree, he's definitely had more of an underrated season in comparison to what I think a lot of people expected him to have up to this point. And good for Baker. I mean, I'm not really surprised, but he's also towards the ball in the week in passing yards, but he's also only thrown four interceptions uh, with eight touchdowns. So he's not really turning the ball over a whole lot, but he's also not doing too much when it's not needed. He's having those longer drives down the field when they do drive down the field uh, and score. So the defense need to, needs to help try to prevent that because that's going to take a lot more time off the clock and also put a lot of pressure on Allen, which it seems like he's had a lot more recently. I got to ask, do I know the Bills fan, or is it somebody new? Someone new. Dang. Well, his first mistake was being a Bills fan, let's just say that. Anyways, for the Bills, uh, my first one's going to be rebound from last week, right? I mean, the Bills lost last week to the Patriots. Obviously, very disappointing. Patriots team that was 1-5, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, You know, this is obviously not cutting time for the Bills, right? They're second in the AFC East division right now. They lost to the Patriots 29 to 25, just rebound. I thought they started off a bit slow. They were able to pick it up as time goes on. But, you know, I had said the Patriots are going to win this game regardless. I just think it's a tough environment to play in Foxborough. Now you get a primetime game in Buffalo with the Buffalo crowd, arguably, in my opinion, probably the most energetic, most likable, and most disruptive crowd in all in the entire NFL. I think that's going to be huge for them, getting their home environment good and and being able to have success at home there is going to be huge, especially against a team like the Buccaneers, who, to be quite frank, isn't that great. I mean, roster-wise, they're not the best. And so being able to do that and rebound from last week is going to be huge. I'm also going to go with just stopping Rashad White. Look, I think Baker Mayfield's had some question marks, don't get me wrong. Rashad White's been very consistent, I mean, up and down through the most part. But last week, you know, 16 fantasy points, had 13 carries for 34 yards, six receptions for 65 yards. And he's an integral part of not only the rushing offense, but the pass-catching offense as well. So if I'm a Bills defensive player, regardless, I'm trying to take away, take away, my gosh, Rashad White as much as possible. I think that just opens up a lot of things on the defensive side. And it's just going to really help. It's going to put a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield. We haven't been able to see him have tons of success with that thus far. Keyshawn Vaughn and Sean Tucker, the other running backs that are currently on the roster that 
you know, would have a chance to get into the game. So if you take away with Shad Wright, kind of like some other teams that did this Buccaneers offense definitely slows down, you know, week one, week three against Philly, and then uh, week six against Detroit, all, you know, we're, we're kind of managed there by slowing down Rashad White. So that's a big takeaway or a key to success, I should say, for the Bills. Let's go ahead and take a look at our fantasy portion. Give me your must start or must starts. So um, I have two must starts. My first one is going to be Mike Evans here. I mean, Mike Evans has been the most consistent wide receiver uh, since we're coming into league. He's had 1,000 yards every single season up to this point. Uh, and I don't see that changing a whole lot here uh, this season, especially with the extra game. I think Mike Evans, if anything, could be, even if it's, they don't win a ground score, he doesn't get any touchdowns. I could see him being a PPR machine in this game uh, if, you ha- if you're in a PPR league. Uh, Chris Godwin ha- hasn't really been that consistent this year. Baker Mayfield has obviously made uh, Mike Evans be, or made clear that Mike Evans is his number one target uh, up to this point. And, I mean, I'm not surprised Mike Evans should be the number one target there uh, with this team. And my second one's going to be Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Dalton Kincaid had a, a better week last week uh, in comparison to the rest of his career. Uh, he had eight catches for 75 yards, which were both career highs, the eight catches and 75 yards in this game. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a uh, very similar production this week. I mean, like I said, Dawson Knox is going to be out. Uh, if they're able to trap or be able to double digs, uh, Allen's going to be able or is going to have to uh, drop the ball off to someone else. Uh, James Cook hasn't been bad on the receiving side, uh, but again, Gabe Davis, I don't really trust him. I know that you're not really a fan of him either. I think Dawson not, or Don Kincaid uh, will be happy the next guy up there. So the first one I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with two Buffalo Bills here. I'm going to go with James Cook. Look, James Cook and Rashad White are basically the same person as far as fantasy value is concerned. James Cook, his best game yet was 19.9 points in week two, but right below that 19.2 points last week at New England. Had a receiving touchdown his first of the season. Only has two touchdowns in the season, which is quite interesting to think about. And he's averaged like 13 to 14 points at least a week. So he's been very efficient. I think he's one of those guys that can slide in at the running back two position or the flex position very effectively. I think defense is going to be a big one in this game. And so typically when there's good defense, there's typically a lot of, you know, dump offs to the running back and things that matter. So I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if, if both running backs get anywhere from five to six receptions a game. James Cook getting some momentum from last week. I definitely think he's able to have a better chance of getting to the end zone. Obviously, you can never predict that. But I think when it comes down to getting to the red zone, the Bucks are one of the better red zone defenses in the entire NFL. So being able to kind of shut that down, you know, you see guys like James Cook out of the backfield having success. And then he's also their main runner, right? 13, 14, 17 rushes a game. So being able to get anywhere from 20 to 25 touches is definitely going to help, especially if you're in a PPR league. I think there's obviously tons of value in certain James Cook. And the biggest question mark is how efficient will he be? I think he's very efficient. I think he's a guy that I wouldn't say you take a risk on, but you definitely start your running backs here or flex position. I think some people are a bit scared just because of the Bucks D. And second, I'm just going to go with Dave, Gabe Davis because why not? Look, he's one of those guys that's so hit or miss. Every time he's missed, you know, he gets back to hit. And he's had a pattern, okay? He was hit in week two. Then he was down for two weeks. Then he was hit in week two. Then he was down the last two weeks. So if that pattern continues, he's up this week. And when he's up, he's up. Week two, 21.2 fantasy points, six receptions, 92 yards, and one touchdown. Week five, six receptions, 100 yards, and a a touchdown. Kind of surprising to see, but Gabe Davis has four touchdowns this season. It's kind of weird to think. I mean, I I never really thought I'd see the day, but it's kind of weird to think. And if you guys don't remember the week one last season when the Bills and the Rams opened up, Gabe Davis had a touchdown. It was very efficient in fantasy. So he's always loved the Thursday night game. 
Um, always loved, you know, the game where it's not in, in the country. You know, again, they play the Jaguars. So I'm going to go with Gabe Davis. I definitely would start him at your flex position. You know, would I start him in general? Probably not. But if you want to take a risk, and there's obviously a lot of ceiling with Gabe Davis, especially this week. And as the pattern continues, look, I'm a big patterns guy. If the pattern continues, he's poised for a big week this week. But typically, I don't like Gabe Davis. So if you sit him, I, I don't blame you. Okay, your must sit or must sits. So I have two of them here, uh, really one, but second one is more just like a heads up, like if you forgot that they're on in your on your lineup to take them out. First one's going to be Rashad White. I've never been the biggest fan of Rashad White. You did mention that James Cook and Rashad White are both very similar players. I prefer James Cook over Rashad White up to this point. But as you mentioned, the Bucks defense, especially towards the goal line, has been uh, really good this year. They've only allowed three rushing touchdowns uh, up to this point. Uh, they're also... Uh, in the top 10 for least amount of rushing yards allowed the season, only allowing 575 uh, up to this point, 3.8 yards per carry. So they aren't allowing much on the ground there. Uh, and then my second one is going to be the Bucks, uh, Bucks defense. I think that the Bills are going to score a good amount here. And this is more of just a heads up if you picked them up in your league uh, because they're play- they were playing the Falcons last week and you needed a defense because your defense was on bye. Uh, just take them out of your lineup. But I don't think it would be they're going to do a whole lot to be able to get you any points. There's a very good chance they end up with negative points this week. Yeah, that's actually a really good point you bring up about the defenses. Like, I've been prone to that as well. As far as my draft strategy when I draft defenses, I really don't. I mean, they're like the last pick or one of the last picks that I end up doing. And a lot of times I end up adding and dropping defenses on a week-to-week basis. But there's been times I've added a defense for one week, and then the next week they're playing the Eagles, and I get like minus five points. So always check your defense and always check the matchup. It's okay. If you're that desperate to keep a defense, you can always put them on your bench. I hate doing that, but for one week it's not going to kill you. Um, there's obviously a lot of you know ceiling with defenses and i think the bucks defense is stable for the most part but this week you know up it's really going to determine whether or not it's, it's going to be you know i i think on, on the side of caution i i would probably avoid it i think it's gonna be a low scoring game particularly from buffalo's end so but we also know the buffalo bills offense and how they play at home so it could definitely be a full swing there i'm gonna go ahead and go with the different bucks unit in quotation marks i'm gonna go with baker mayfield look in one of my leagues, actually the Coastal League, I picked up Baker Mayfield last week because Justin Fields was injured. And he did exactly what I expected him to do and really wanted to. 16.2 fantasy points, right? Nothing that's like 40 or nothing that's like 4. But he's just a bit too inconsistent for me. And he's never gotten more than 22.94 points um, in this season, which I don't think is great, especially in Week 7 here. They did have a, a bye week, but... You know, this week at Buffalo, it's not going to be much easier. He's also been a little bit turnover prone as of late. He's had an interception and at least one interception in the last four games. And he really doesn't provide much running value. I mean, his couple games where he had like eight, six carries, he had 11 rushes on eight carries, 17 rushes or 17 yards on six carries, 31 yards on eight carries. So he's not one of those prolific runners. He's still yet to get a rushing touchdown this season. I would be curious to see if he gets like a little sneak or something like that at the goal line. Because, again, the Bills and the Bucks both have really good red zone defenses. But for me, I'm going to avoid Baker Mayfield this week. I think this is an obvious one. I've already dropped him in that league. I'm taking a risk with Bryce Young this week. So, I don't know. For me and Baker Mayfield, I think he's a guy that you could be consistent with. He's also not rostered in very many leagues. 28.4% rostered percentage. So, if you want to take a risk, I'd take a risk. But I don't think you're going to get much more than 23. But I would err on the side of caution here with him. Okay, any sleepers? So my own sleeper is going to be James Cook, and it's less of he's a sleeper, uh, like you are probably are starting him already, but I think a lot of people have had concern with him, especially lately. A lot of his snaps, I believe, has been taken away 
by Latavius Murray, I want to say, is right now kind of the guy he's been splitting time with. But a Cook, I really like him. I I like his receiving upside, 17 receptions on the year with 186 yards of his points. So he's averaging almost 11 yards per reception, also receiving touchdown. But his rushing side, 88 attempts, uh, which is one less than what he had all of last year. He had 89 last year. Uh, he is averaging about one yard less per carry. But honestly, last week, I think Latavius Murray played really bad. Uh, mainly just hearing from, again, my teammate, I heard him kept on complaining whenever they gave him Latavius, gave Latavius Murray the ball and wasn't doing anything. I think that they all rely on James Cook a little bit more. Uh, this rush defense, like I said, has been solid, though, for the Bucks. Uh, I would definitely say James Cook will be a lot uh, play a lot better in more of a PPR format. Uh, like I said, th- and this also really comes down to how well Diggs plays. If Diggs and Allen are just on one of those games where they have a great connection or Gabe Davis goes out, and has those eight catches for like 200 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he may not have as good of a game, but I could definitely see um, Allen going to him a little bit more. He could get like five to six catches uh, in this game. I think he averages right around three, but I think the biggest sleeper is James Cook. I wouldn't worry about him if you do have him on your team, but I definitely play him at more of like a flex position uh, up to this point. So I got three sleepers. The first one's going to be Rashad White. I, I mean, I've talked about him a lot. I like Rashad White. I like running backs. It's basically full PPR value. I mean, he's a guy that you know is going to give you PPR production throughout the season. And he's one of those guys that's been successful, you know, for the most part this season. He's a guy that you can put at your flex or even running back two position. In one of my leagues, I've had him at the running back two position consistently. I think he gets at least one touchdown this game. I really do. I mean, typically when, you know, a, a team is maybe struggling in the passing game, they have more focus on the running game or the running backs in the back, though, regardless. So I'm liking Rashad White a lot this week as far as matchups are concerned and just liking him in general. I'm also going to go with the two tight ends. First, I'm going to go with Cade Otten. Look, Cade Otten's a guy that is completely kind of flown on the radar, respectively. So he's not like one of those guys that you'd roster for a lot of the time. He's only rostered in 1.9% of leagues. That doesn't mean he's a bad player, though. I think he is one of the more... Not necessarily underrated tight ends, but especially last week. Five catches, 43 yards, 9.3 fantasy points. You know, if you're struggling at the tight end position, that's consistency. He's had two games of 10-plus points. Hasn't gotten more than that, but still relatively consistent. I think, again, difficult, you know, wide receiver production game potentially. I think that opens the door for a lot of opportunity for a guy like Kate Otten to kind of stick in the mix and have success at the tight end position. So he's a guy that that's probably really a huge risk, which is one of the reasons why I have him at the sleeper. But again, I always say this on Thursday night, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens. And I think Kate Otten might, you know, get into the end zone, uh, which will be his second touchdown of the season. And then obviously it's more of a must start, but it's got to go with Dalton Kincaid. Look, for Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox, I mean, he was uh, one of those guys that was expected to be great from the jump, and he really kind of broke out into his fantasy production last week, getting 15.5 points, didn't play in the week before that against the Giants. But as you mentioned, I mean, I, I kind of had seen that actually before the show. I believe he had wrist surgery, and he's out indefinitely. Uh, that's Dawson Knox. So Dalton Kincaid, the next man up here, and um, he's going to be a big-time tight end for for the, the Bills. And you know, they went out and got their guy in the draft, right? I mean, a lot of people were surprised by it. I think Dawson Knox is you know tight end one on most teams. So a lot of people were surprised by it but I think it was because of just uh, you know how good Dawson Knox has been playing but that's how much they like Dalton Kincaid and Josh Allen had said throughout training camp and even playing in those two tight end sets and even when Dalton Kincaid was able to have an opportunity he had said how much he loved him and how much you know he vastly has improved his game and just the little things that rookies typically don't do and so eight receptions 75 yards last week I'm expecting more production here and 
really going forward, at least till Dawson Knox is back, but who knows? Maybe that won't even be the case. You know, maybe he's one of those guys that, um, you know, not saying that Dawson Knox never gets back in the swing of things, but maybe he ends up being the tight end one on a consistent basis and ends up being a top five tight end in the entire NFL. Okay, and then any busts? So my one bust is someone who you've also mentioned is going to be Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield has been very mediocre in this field up to this point, but he's been better than expectations. This Bills defense has been solid. They've only allowed eight passing touchdowns, or sorry, six passing touchdowns, and they also have eight interceptions. I get they don't have Tredavious White anymore. He went down with an injury, I think, early on in the season. So that's going to hurt there. Uh, But they really haven't had much trouble up to this point. Uh, They've only allowed up to this point just over 1,400 passing yards. Uh, I think it's right around 6.6 yards per completion, so not many huge plays. Uh, Completion percentage has been right at 69.5% there. Again, they've just been solid uh, this past defense, and I don't think Baker's going to have a good game. That's why I mentioned earlier in the show when I was talking about Mike Evans, if you take him or as him being my must start, uh, it's going to be a lot better, or he's going to play a lot better in more of a PPR uh, standpoint. I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to have a great game. So I'm just going to go with two guys that you for sure should not be starting in fantasy. First, I'm going to go with Trey Palmer. Look, Trey Palmer's had some ups and downs throughout his entire fantasy campaign. 8.8 points points, excuse me, in week one, 8.6 in week four against the Saints. And both those games where he had production, he really only had a couple catches or a catch, but he had a touchdown. You know, New Orleans and Minnesota he had two catches for like eight yards and a touchdown. So I definitely don't think any fantasy value there. And then I'm also going to go with Trent Sherfield as well. There has been some more optimism with Trent, Trent Sherfield, especially in reports that I read recently. Um, you know, Sean McDermott had to say that he wanted to get him involved in the game regardless. But I mean, he's one of those guys that hasn't gotten more than four points or even three points in a fantasy week. So no point in starting there. There are some weird stuff that happens though. So maybe he does get like one of those like fluke 40 yard touchdowns, but he definitely isn't poised to have any type of success this week. And really this season, I think more down the line, you know, he's going to be a guy that can maybe be a, a, a crucial player for them time come playoff time, but not right now. Okay. And then your game prediction. So game prediction, I know you had, you said that it's going to be a little more low scoring game. Uh, I think the bills are going to come out hot in this game, especially on the short week. Uh, especially also losing to the Patriots. I think they're going to come out uh, pretty good. I think they're probably going to score two touchdowns in the first in the first quarter, have a pretty solid game. I think they're going to win 31-17 to against this team. I think Baker Mayfield does uh, get a couple of those longer drives going uh, and be able to kind of, again, get those longer drives going. That's where they really thrive. They haven't really thrived with the big plays. So I think Baker gets two of those in this game, but – that's really all they get. They kind of they may go down and get a field goal uh, at some point, but I don't see this offense for the Bucks really doing a whole lot. And I think this Bills offense is probably pretty embarrassed about what how they played last week against the Patriots. I know it's the Patriots and Belichick; they always take away uh, the weapons and all that. But again, I think they're they believe they're a lot better than they are, and that a lot better than the way what they were, and they are a lot better than that. So I just think they come out blazing this game. I think that they go out and win this game by a pretty good margin. So I'm going to go with 17 to 13. I talked about the lot throughout the show. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and I really do believe so. I think this is one of those games that's going to be a defensive first game. You know, both teams get a couple of touchdowns, obviously, but nothing too insane. But I feel like I say that every week, if I'm going to be honest, in Thursday Night Football, and um, I've been wrong basically every time. So it's going to be hard for them to really kind of I'm not saying hard for them, but hard for me to really kind of go up and say that there's going to be a lot of points here. It's Buffalo. It's a tough environment to play in. 
I don't know. I think more than anything, the Bills are just going to come, going to come away with a victory. It's going to be a lot closer than people maybe expect. I saw a report. I don't remember who it was. An insider said 27-13. But it's going to be – you know, defensive games are always close games. Like, the, the Bills just played in a close game against the Patriots, and they probably weren't expected to do that. So, who knows? I think they do come away with the win, and they do rebound, though, and it's, it's just a low-scoring affair. But, like I said, if you're a fantasy owner, you're probably excited that I said it's a low-scoring affair because typically when I say it's a low-scoring affair, it's not. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. Hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter. At The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information and value. Make sure you follow The Truth on Instagram and TikTok as well at the.tt.truth. A lot of fun and exciting stuff on there. As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Heston, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Thank you for listening. Take care and good night.